Welcome to Social Media Blues, a podcast for those who struggle with social media but can't afford to get out of it. I am your hostess, Elsa Figueroa, and this is today's episode. Welcome back to Social Media Blues. Today is Thursday, October 10th. And I'm really excited for today's topic because it is sort of the culmination of a sort of lifetime process, really, um, that, you know, it's, it's something that I've been mulling over, you could say, pretty much my whole life. So this is monumental for me. Um, but first, I just want to share with you um, a couple things that have been on my mind that you know, things that I've liked, things that I'm not so excited about. So, uh, first of all, I'm really, 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 really excited about the Joker movie. Um, I don't have a lot of respect for DC's um, movie properties. I think that they have really botched very good characters in the past. Um, and in contrast with Marvel, it has really been quite disappointing. Um, but this is a new direction. I'm pro they're probably working with different people. Just casting Joaquin Phoenix in that role was just brilliant. I mean, that was pure brilliance. Um, Regardless of what you think of the merits of the film or anything else, and the, the film is very, very, very well made from all points of view, the direction, the photography, the music, everything, the script. Um, but Joaquin Phoenix's acting, I mean, he's always been amazing. He's always poured himself into his roles completely. Um, some people might say, like, way too much, but this was just lightning in a bottle. I mean, oh my God, I was so inspired by him as a performer and just really, I don't know, I was just really, really inspired by his work and, and I have even more respect for him now. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. Even if you don't like, you're the type that says, I don't like superhero movies or I don't like comic books movies. Like, This movie has a very powerful message that I think we as a society need to hear today and it's unpleasant and uncomfortable and we don't like to th talk about it, but this movie goes to the point, to the core. So, go see it. Um, <clears throat> so, one thing that's bugging me, um, not gonna lie, um, I'm very stumped in the department of trying to get people to come over to my events and my studio. Um, I've been hosting yoga workshops um, and other things and very few people come. A lot of people interact on social media. They um, click on I'm attending or I'm interested in attending. Of course, that doesn't mean anything, but social media turns out to be a very terrible gauge of whether people are going to actually show up. So, I mean, a lot of people interact with your posts, with your event posts, and they don't show up. Other people don't interact. They see it, and then, sh then they show up. So it's, it's kind of a huge gamble. And I'm, I'm starting to, to, to try to figure out what the hell. <laughs> like, how do I get people to come to my event? I'm not asking for 200 people even, like 20 
people, 15 people to a yoga workshop might be nice. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so I don't know. If anybody has any tips, please let me know. <sighs> anyway, today's topic is um, about this dichotomy of the artist versus entrepreneur or the, the idea of the starving artist. And um, it is a false dichotomy, right? And I have been struggling with this for a long time because when I was growing up, I always... I was very drawn to the art. I was drawn to books and drawing and literature and music and singing and dancing. And at the same time, I absorbed the message from society that that, that was not something to be taken seriously and that I should be careful um, who I showed my, my ideas to because they might make fun of them or they might just tell me straight up like, oh, why do you want to do that? And um, as a child, um, whenever I said, um, you know, the, 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 the times I said, I expressed interest in having a career in the arts, like being a writer or whatever, were um, met with a lot of resistance and derision even and concern. So um, I absorbed this message that that wasn't allowed, that I shouldn't want that that it was wrong and even selfish of me to want that. So there was a lot of shame and guilt around wanting to be an artist. There was also this association with artists and mental health, poor mental health. And I was very worried that people would think that I had mental health issues. So, um, you know, I, I, had a, I kind of developed this persona who was very you know, um, goody tissues and good grade student and whatever, never get in trouble, all of that, because I was terrified that people will think that I had any sort of mental health issues and that would affect me um, in my social circles and school and whatever. So I kept my artistic bent hidden for a long time from hidden from view, from like almost everybody. So um, this is very personal for me, um, talking about this topic. Um, last Tuesday on Tuesday Blues, I talked about the idea of passion and, and how passion, the, finding a career that you're passionate about is something that is circulated in the culture, but at the same time, it has to be like this acceptable type of career. So you have to be passionate about programming or accounting. So if you're passionate about painting or guitar playing, then that's not so acceptable. So, um, and before I launched into my thoughts on that topic and, and where I am today, in regards to this question of making a living as an artist and living as an artist in the world, especially today's world, I want to talk a little bit about the history of this concept of this idea of the starving artist that has been perpetrated and that exists in people's minds, mostly concerned parents and school counselors. So um, I want to go back a little bit, rewind a couple centuries. Um, I want to talk about romanticism and uh, the romantic movement. 
romantic has nothing to do with um, or it's not specifically restricted to love and romantic relationships we use that term in that sense today but um, romanticism is the name of a movement in the arts and literature um, that started in the at the end of the 18th century towards the 19th century um, one of the earliest influences was the German novel by Goethe, The Sorrows of Young Werther. This was one of the earliest influences of Romanticism. It was a novel in which the, um, the titular character um, suffers and eventually commits suicide. And Romanticism, with its emphasis on a cult of nature and the um, connection to human emotions, both positive ones, negative ones, was in many ways a reaction to scientific rationality that had emerged during the Age of Enlightenment, right? So um, as philosophers like Descartes, who concluded, I think, therefore I am, established this very rational approach to experience and the moral behavior of human beings, then we shifted away from the human emotions, the, the physical emotions and sensations of the body. So in saying, I think, therefore I am, and that being the basis for establishing that you actually exist, the emotions, sensations, and feelings of the body are separated from, from, um, from reality and are dismissed as unreliable. So imagine what a shift that is to separate the sensations and feelings and emotions of the body from any idea of a reliable proof that you actually exist. So I cannot rely on me feeling pain and feeling emotions as indicators that, they, that I exist, which was Descartes' uh, philosophical question, um, I can only rely on the fact that I think thoughts. So, <laughs> so with the romantics, um, especially romantic poets, romantic writers, um, they focused on the beauty of nature. And many people like Edgar Allan Poe based their work on the occult and the supernatural, as well as the exploration of the human psyche. And we're getting to another sort of branch within this um, movement of romanticism that led to the so-called poet maudit of France or accursed poets. And you might have heard of people like Rimbaud who wrote The Flowers of Evil. And these people, um, people like Poe, people like Rimbaud, Verlaine, eh, um, Baudelaire contributed a lot to the image of the romantic writer and poet, someone who is beset by all these emotions and is sort of doomed to always feel overwhelmed by existence and ends up dying and wasted in an alcoholic stupor. So the phrase poet Modi um, was coined at the beginning of the 19th century um, in a novel called Stello, written by Alfred de Vigny. 
and he calls the uh, the poets the race that will always be cursed by the powerful ones of the earth. And I, I find that very interesting. Um, the powerful ones of the earth. So already you're creating this rift between the poets, the, the artists, and the people who have the power, who have the money. Um, so towards the end of the 19th century, we have Puccini's opera La Boheme, um, which premiered at that time. And this work, which was very, has been very famous and has uh, been remade many times in film, um, perpetuates this idea of artists, writers, painters, even philosophers who live in poverty and they struggle to survive, can't pay rent, and can't even save their lovers from dying of a curable illness. So there is a vast body of work already in the culture reinforcing the idea of the starving artist. And I want you to take a minute to connect with this idea that literature, film, music, these works, whether you have interacted with them directly or not, whether you have sat in a theater watching La Boheme, whether you have read any romantic literature or not, these works spread ideas out into the culture and you, as part of culture, as part of society, absorb those ideas because you are a full um, social being. And so these are cultural reference that get spread out and people don't always know where they originated, where the ideas originated, but they always originated somewhere. And a lot of those ideas originated in literature and the arts. So, let me say that again, there is a vast body of work, literary work, artistic work that reinforces that idea of the starving artist. And many of these examples come from storytelling media like literature and film. And certainly, we also all know examples that reinforce this concept, right? People who walk around with the guitar on their back, singing and playing for pennies at the corner cafe. The image of the starting artist is uh, much more prevalent than the image of non-starving artists, even though there are also many examples of that. I believe that part of the reason why often artists have to struggle is because art is not directly valid in society in general. Um, this varies from society to society and it depends on the art form. And usually artisanal um, types of craft are more valued because they produce a very specific commodity that people can consume and that is valued in capitalism. But um, in general, it's not a very well-respected activity because I think there is a, a lot of people think that, that even though they recognize that this is something that takes work and training, also they think that you wasted your time learning how to play the guitar really well instead of learning how to code in HTML or something. So um, even though, <laughs> no, I did not live in the Bay Area for seven years under the technocrat culture of San Francisco. No, I didn't. So anyway, 
Um, so art is not valued in society in general. And this is very ironic to me because can you imagine a world without art and remove all of it, all the art, all of the artwork on your walls, all of the music you love listening to, all of your favorite Netflix shows, delete all of that. Would you want to live in that world? I don't think so. And I don't think accountant Mike would either. So I know certain types of people who don't understand the drive to make art. They only understand what's practical and rational. And I suppose it's because they've never stopped to think about the consequences of an artless world. They also make the mistake, and this is kind of a little bit of a parenthesis I'm going to start in here, but um, I think that they are making the mistake of restricting art to a very specific type of activity. So there's a little bit of a terminology issue here. Um, certain words, um, most words, have restricted versus general meanings. And because meaning doesn't get made in a vacuum. A dictionary definition of a word is just the starting place. Context colors the semantic emphasis, the meaning of each word. And people know this in abstract terms, I guess, when you tell them, but they don't know it, know it. And this is the foundation for any translation work, by the way, and this is the reason why Translating isolated words out of context is so pointless. And why many translators, when you ask them, how do you say X in your language? Um, will often say, well, it depends. Because, well, it depends. Context is king. But that's another topic for another day. Let's not go into linguistics. My point here is that the words art and artist, those words, when used in loose generalizing contexts, are often used to refer to the visual arts. When people say, oh, she's an artist, to refer to someone's preferred activity or career, the follow-up question should be, what kind of artist? Uh, but many people just assume that they're like a painter or something, or an illustrator at best. So this happens also with dance, by the way. Um, the internet, for example, seems to think that dancer means ballet dancer. Um, if you don't believe me, Google dancer or put it on Pinterest. And so the general term for that realm of human activity gets readily attached to one specific variation of that activity. Um, so this is one of the first issues that we need to divorce when we talk about this, at least in this context of talking about how to be an artist in the world and make a living, you need to separate that term art or artist from a specific type of art, a specific discipline attached to a specific product and a specific medium. I say all of this because there are people who are not aware of these distinctions or they're, they're not making the distinctions consciously. And we'll associate art and art making with a very specific type of experience. Namely, a painter going around with their canvas stuck under a hairy armpit looking at the clouds instead of traffic. And that, in my opinion, is part of the problem. In our modern capitalistic world, artists are often seen as people who don't have a good head for business or practical things. I know this from personal experience because I have been 
stuck in the daydreamer, um, distracted box for a long time. Um, not good at numbers box too. So they're made fun of as, you know, these daydreamers who can't focus when it actually matters. Um, I remember having these conversations infuriating and granted they were a long time ago when I was younger but I would have these conversations with co-workers who were like but why are you reading a book why are you reading a 19th century romantic novel um, instead of reading something useful um, what how does that help you in any way what are you learning how can you apply that to anything and people have like this concern with doing something in order to apply it to something else and that would drive me mad because he was like this this always this focus on practicality all the time and one of the downsides to this is that to this idea that artists are people who can't focus who are not practical minded etc is that people don't respect your choices to become an artist of any kind Unless you're like a virtuoso like Mozart or become insanely famous, which happens to very, 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 very few people. And honestly, if we only relied on artists who are super famous to produce all of our art, again, we'd have very little art. So extreme fame and talent are not necessarily re related to making a living. Being famous does not always equate to having talent. Talent doesn't always equate to fame. Fame doesn't always equate to more money. Talent doesn't always equate to more money. More money doesn't always, isn't always related to fame and talent, etc. So art is like any other discipline that young people might choose as a career. It is its own universe with myriad applications and countless possibilities. You don't have to think of yourself as sitting in your studio with your apron full of splotches of paint, trying to sell your paintings on a public market or to a gallery. Especially nowadays, there are many other outlets for visual artists, and many of them actually make a very decent living selling their artwork. I suppose what gets people riled up when a young person declares their art major is that they can't readily put that person in a specific job right out of college. And I want to ask you now, who can you put in this day and age in a well-paid position after graduating from college? The thing is, there are certain professions out there that allow you to get a job in what you studied right out of college. Programmer comes to mind, nurse, accountants. But there are many degrees that don't lead to a specific job necessarily right out of college. You have to either get another degree or a couple more degrees to specialize, etc., etc. And I know people who got a degree in finance or business administration, then they have a, a bachelor's degree in, in those areas and found a job that had nothing to do with, with that degree or that they could have gotten without the degree and are making much less than graphic artists I know. So their degree certainly did not land them that job, but it was acceptable for them to study um, finance or business administration, and it was lauded in their family, even though, you know, individually they didn't really pursue that career 
in the end. So I think one of the major dilemmas we have as a society when it comes to higher education and career choices is that we tend to think of an undergraduate degree from a university, from a four-year college, as a vocational certificate. So you go get a degree, a certification to be an electrician, you are an electrician. You don't get a certification for electrician for just because. I mean, most people don't. Um, same for plumber, same for massage therapist, etc. Biology? What is that? I did my undergrad degree in biology. Okay, so what now? So you have to specialize in something, right? You have to take that somewhere else. You have to have some goal at the end. And maybe you're going to go into medicine or going to be a researcher or whatever. But certain degrees certainly have specific applications, but not all of them. And we need to stop thinking that all degrees need to. And, you know, people in all disciplines find themselves in different challenging situations. People like to imagine that art is a dead end because they don't tend to think of people who are in non-art degrees as also struggling. I don't believe the struggle comes necessarily from your chosen career path. I think the struggle is a result of your socioeconomic class. Try being an artist who comes from a poor, underprivileged background and you've got serious challenges coming up ahead. But the same thing can be said for medicine or law. If you come from an underprivileged background and grew up in a marginalized area with poor education, surrounded by violence and drugs, making it out of med school is quite a feat. Why can't that same grit and determination that gets you through med school when you come from an underprivileged background be channeled towards making a career in the arts? And certainly people have done it before. There are many types of stories of this sort in music, for example. So I think there's a cultural value ascribed to professions like medicine, law, engineering, etc. that the arts completely lack. Our society unfortunately dismisses art as a waste of time. And yet, I repeat, a world without art would be unbelievable, unbelievable, unlivable, sorry. It would be unlivable. And so, today I really want to challenge that notion that artists are daydreamers who don't know anything about the practical world or numbers. I really resent anyone who says artists don't know anything about business because that is such a huge lie. In order to be an artist and make a living off of your art today, you must be a business person. In order to be an artist in today's world, you have to be good at promotion and self-promotion and be willing to run a small company. This really dawned on me when I went recently to a local comic book, comic book pop-up shop um, I saw artists who not only produce their own art, they print their own comic books that they wrote themselves and illustrated themselves or with another artist. They also priced their product, they designed their business cards and logos, they developed their brand, they registered their business, they set up their website, they managed their social media marketing and talked to potential clients. How is that not running a business? How is it not being a business person? So. Again, I encourage you to imagine if all the artists in the world disappeared tomorrow. I wouldn't want to live in the world. 
Artists are needed, and there is demand for art because we are surrounded by art everywhere. It's in the radio, on our phones. It's the people who design the look of your applications, who make your favorite characters in video games, who make the movies and the shows that you love so much. And guess what? Those are all artists. The people who paint those murals you love taking pictures in front of around your city. The people who make the music you listen to. The people who take the photographs and design the flyers and banners that your company uses for promotion. Artists. The people who make a lot of the commodities that you enjoy. Like the beautifully illustrated children's book you read to your children at night. Artists. And if you get rid of all the artists, those children's books go too. And your favorite Netflix show disappears. And all of the music. So if there is demand, what is happening? Part of the problem are these myths that are perpetuated in our society regarding passion, talent, and what's considered useful, like numbers and law degrees and science. And part of it is artists are not being linked to the skills that they require in order to thrive. Artists spend a vast portion of their lives honing their craft. So that might be why people think that they don't have a head for anything else. It's because honing a craft is hard work that requires a lot of discipline and commitment and time. What artists need today is advice to run their business. You need to help them become business people and marketers, not duck them out of studying art. Discuss funding models, marketing strategies, learn about fundraising and grant writing, how to run a small business. There is no dichotomy. An artist is a hustler. Artists have been hustling for centuries and they are entrepreneurs by default. The only reason why I did not pursue my dream of writing, which I discovered I discovered at a very young age, I was eight years old, when I knew, I knew I wanted to write. And it's so crazy that I'm almost 38 and now is when I'm really embracing that. I was very scared. I was scared I wasn't good enough to merit being a writer and so the pressure was unbearable. I had to be amazing, Steinbeck levels good. Otherwise, I could not justify wasting my life, quote-unquote, wanting to be a writer. There is no awareness of art as process, as something that is honed and cultivated over years. There is no support around me for that type of thinking. Natural talent was an overwhelming shadow that stuck with me from an early age. Uh, mostly because I grew around musicians, grew up around musicians, and there was a lot of talk of natural talent, so to speak. So, this ultimately held me back. Because there was no way I could know for a fact, with absolute certainty, that I had talent. And so, I languished under the shadow of doubt for years. And one of the things that makes me, that I find so devastating, one of the things that drives me in this life is to see young people with a dream, good ideas, a voice, a style, and 
Put that all away in some forgotten drawer, in some forgotten vault. In their parents' house basement. And forget that they were ever an artist and lean into a career as, I don't know, an accountant or, you know, whatever it is, account manager, I don't know, something. Um, and there's nothing wrong with those other jobs at all. We need accountants too. We need attorneys. We need doctors. Of course we need them. But we also do need artists and we need to stop making it as if those other professions have more value when honestly, like I said, I would not care for medicine, at least for myself in a world where there was no art, where I couldn't read books, where I couldn't enjoy a good movie uh, or a good piece of music or dance um, or share in the community that is created in dance which is a very specific experience to that art form and I think is, is quite magnificent. Art is about community. Art is about connecting and communicating. And that is one of the things that has allowed the human race to thrive for as long as we have. Communication, society, being together, being with each other, communicating language, sharing ideas from one generation to another, sharing music, sharing images, sharing stories, uplifting myths of heroes that came before us. What would the world be like without all of that? I just want you to think about that and Start thinking of art as a vast field with many, 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 many possibilities. And the only reason why it's rough out there is because we're making it more rough than it needs to be. I think that first of all, we need to start thinking of artists as people who need a lot of support with the more practical things like business administration, marketing, accounting. So let's support each other in the field in which we shine best. That has been my spiel. <laughs> very passionate, but I'm very passionate about this topic. This is the topic of my life, I think. So um, thank you so much for listening. I would really love to hear any thoughts you might have on this topic and even your personal experiences trying to be an artist in the world um, you can send anything to me to socialmediabluespodcast at gmail.com I'm also on Instagram under socialmediablues you can find me there and you can write me anything on direct messages or interact with me in my stories and my um, IGTV videos and my posts so thank you so much for listening and I'll see you guys next week Bye.